Hey everybody, this is Curtis Lane. You know that this week's episode is brought to you by Hinge. Hinge is the dating app that is designed to be deleted. What you have to do is download the app, find love, and then delete the app. It really is that simple. You may be trying other dating apps, but Hinge allows people to provide feedback on their dates in a way that will let you know maybe if there's a diamond in the rough. Don't take our word for it. Download it today and give it a try. I'm sure you'll find much success. Thank you and have a great day. She won't get married because she's never been in love. Andy's really hot. And don't get me wrong, you're cute too, but Andy is like cut from Marvel. He's gorgeous. He's like this beautiful face and this incredible body. And I genuinely don't care that he's kind of lame. For a lot of people, love isn't just a slogan. And if he hits you again, you tell me. I'd be forced to knock his teeth off. I don't think that would be such a good idea. He's big. I'm sorry. It's written into my character to do it, so I do it. What do you mean love? You mean a big lightning bolt to the heart where you can't eat and you can't work and you just run off and get married and make babies. Wait, wait, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave, please. I could use your help. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rat gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Have you been single for far too long? Are you out of touch with the dating game? Regardless of your plight, we're here to help. Put your hands together for the crew of the Nerds in Love podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nerds in Love podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, who you can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? I'm great. How are you? Doing great. I uh, had some free time today, so I did uh, like a massive clean of my place. So nice. Very productive. Um, I was like, nothing feels more cathartic, at least to me, than cleaning a place. Sort of like, oh, yeah. Take a step back and go. This is this is looking neat. This is tidy, neat. This is this is fresh. Now so, you can see that you're actually accomplishing something. Yeah, yeah it's a visual thing, right? Where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I did that. Cool. Right. How, how's your day so far? What have you been up to? Pretty good. Uh, I have been doing telehealth appointments because I see everybody by video or phone now because yeah. of the virus. So, yeah, and it's super hot here. So, what's your temperature? You probably have like seventies, eighties. It's pretty cool today. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about like Fahrenheit, but it's like Celsius. It's probably around like eighteen, twenty degrees, something like that. I'm sure it's probably. That's like seventy, right? Yeah, we'll just yeah, go with that. Something like that. Something like that. Let's see here. I wonder if it'll tell me in Fahrenheit. It should. We, we can ask your phone. Uh, I don't think it does. Okay, let's. Oh, here we go. Oh no, that's says that's. I don't think it's 14 degrees Fahrenheit. That doesn't make any sense. Google, what's 23 degrees Celsius in Fahrenheit? 73.4. So. Oh, see, look, I, I'm not really into math, but I did that. <laughs> there we go. Um. So yeah. Uh, my my one unique skill. I can translate to your one unique skill. That's Fahrenheit. it. You're captain of one unique That's skill, it. none others. Right. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, this is the dating advice show for nerds. 
Uh, and anyone else who needs help, really. Uh, you know, everyone. Identify as a nerd. That's okay. We're not gonna. We accept everyone. Yeah, and being a nerd is not a bad thing either. You know. Nope. Sometimes people think, "Oh, nerd's a bad word" or something like. No, it's not. You know, live your life. Uh, like our good friend Dylan. Oh, I guess I should say, yeah, it's Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD, stephaniesarkis.com, in case I didn't already. And this podcast is not a substitute for mental health treatment. There we go. I, I did not. Oh, and gaslight. Now I got the book Gaslighting. Yeah, yeah, and Gaslighting. Which becomes more apropos in the U.S. every day. Yep. So. But anyways, uh, Dylan is our first email of the week. He says, nerds, I've been in a long-distance relationship with this girl. She lives three states away, but we finally decided to meet in person. Thing is, she's used to me wearing t-shirts and shorts or other casual clothing. Would it be weird if I dressed up for a first meeting? What would you recommend that I wear, Dylan? Ah, yes, the ever wear a so, mask. The ever so uh, perpetual "What should I wear?" question. Um, I think I've said this before, but like just slightly elevated look. If you're wearing shorts, get khaki shorts. Those are shorts, and they're slightly more uh, elevated than you know something like gym shorts or something like that you know if you're wearing a uh, t-shirt maybe like a polo or something is just sort of a slightly more elevated look so there you go khaki shorts and a, and a polo shirt that's already a slightly elevated version of what you're currently wearing and i think you would do pretty well even with those alone um, hey, you want to feel comfortable and look confident and um, yeah you know again yeah you know, i was actually serious wear a mask because you don't know she's been keeping quarantine and I guess it all depends on where you live now, but um, yeah, make sure you have a mask. So, yeah, uh, but yeah, I like Kurt's idea. You know, you, you keep it casual, but, you know, take it up a notch. Yeah. And like, just evaluate what kind of clothes you have and just say, well, what's a slightly elevated version of this? You know, if I'm mm -hmm. wearing shorts, what's a slightly elevated version of this? Well, khaki shorts. Yeah. Or something like that is sort of like a, a, a step up from that. So mm -hmm. you don't have to go crazy and get like a suit or something, but you can take what you're currently wearing and just sort of find an elevated version of that. Um, and it's good yeah. to have, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a style. Like, you know, shorts are one of those things. I love wearing shorts. So during the summer like this, I'm, I like to wear shorts like pretty much all, all the time, but you know, there's, there's different kinds of shorts. You know, you're not going to wear gym shorts to a date. You're going to probably wear like khaki shorts or something like that. So mm -hmm. And where I live, shorts are kind of like your standard uniform, so yeah. um, they would be fine to wear shorts and a polo yeah. if you want to kick it up a notch. There you go. All right. And, and wear nice shoes, too. Check out your shoes before you... Yeah. I think we've said you know, before, but, like, Espertils... People notice that. Espertils hmm? are really good at this time of the year. Um, oh, yeah. You like to use some pairs of Espertils. Oh, I yeah. I've got, like, that. quite a few pairs, so... Yep. So those are always a nice sort of... Uh, not too formal, but slightly elevated kind of form, uh, footwear for the summer months. I know we're we're kind of on the tail end of summer, but uh, there's still some summer left. And it's still summer. Oh, can... we have plenty of summer left here. Yeah, so go for it. Right. And just take a look around and see what people wear. Yeah, you know? this is true. I mean, I don't know how many people are walking around where you are right now. Hopefully um, not but many. Flyers, but hmm? hopefully not many. Right. But again, wear a mask. Be safe. Yeah. Have fun. Have a good meeting. Mm-hmm. All right. Do you want to read George's okay. email? Sure. George says, I recently broke up with my ex. She had some issues I couldn't work with anymore. I decided to end things. It took me a few days, but I'm feeling better. I ended up downloading the apps and joining online dating again. One girl said I was on too soon. Do you think I am? George. 
George, I think one of the most valuable pieces of advice I ever got was there's no timetable to this stuff. You do it on your own timetable. So if somebody wants to tell you that you're doing it too soon or too late or whatever, you do it the way you want to do it. Mm. What do you think? I think when it comes to uh, situations like this, it's really, you know, what's your recovery process, if any? You know, some people may take longer to process and recover from, you know, a breakup. Some people are ready to move on right away. I think it depends on a lot of factors and chief among them is what do you like as a person? So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's really, you know, what you're sort of used to as a, as a person. So I wouldn't feel too bad or cave into the sort of people telling you, Oh, you're moving on too quickly. It's up to you. And mm -hmm. you know, there's other factors too. Like for instance, how long was your relationship? If it was something like, you know, a few months, that's going to be quicker to get over than one that was maybe a few years or a decade or something like that. Right. So if there's a lot of factors that come into play here and I don't think the, these other people necessarily know all these factors or really can take them into account. So I wouldn't worry too much about these people saying, Oh, it's too soon. It's really up to you. Um, you know, you can always just say I'm feeling ready to date again. You know, it's, you know, not, not really an issue and just let them know. Right. So, uh, but right. I wouldn't worry too much about whether you have to fit into a timetable or not, because we really right. don't. And and to add to that, too, um, it really depends. That, you know, yeah, like the lengthy relationship, like what Kurt said. And also, has the relationship been over for a while? Because sometimes people stay in relationships even after they you know pass their expiration date. So mm -hmm. uh, it may be that the two of you weren't really connecting and you just felt like you were roommates for a while. So it makes sense if you feel more like you're ready to date again. Uh, and also sometimes if people, you know, really liked pairing up with somebody, it may not have been the right person for them eventually, mm -hmm. but they liked pairing up. It makes more sense that, I mean, it makes a lot of sense that you would want to go out and date again. So, and yeah. there's no right or wrong. Yeah. I think there's a good point in what Kurt said that you want to just make sure that you've kind of worked through your stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah. And if you need more time, you need more time. If you feel like you're good, you're good. And, mm -hmm. you know, you may run into issues, too. There's nothing to say that you might not feel fine. And then you maybe move forward and then you realize I'm actually not quite ready for this. That's entirely right. plausible, too. So uh, you just never know where life's going to take you with these things. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Wesley says, I've been talking to this girl on Bumble. She's really nice, but she wants to hook up on a first date. Is this weird? I don't know if that's something I can or should do. Thoughts? Wesley, you're presumably a grown adult. Your date or partner or whatever is also presumably a grown adult. Two grown adults can definitely decide to have consensual sex. That is not a problem. Uh, whether or not you know that's something you're looking for long term, yeah, these are conversations that you need to have with this person. And with yourself and obviously you want to be practicing safe sex whenever you do um, making sure that you're periodically getting tested that you're wearing a condom stuff like that uh, but I, I I sort of find it odd that people will say like is it fine for me to have sex on the first day it's like well if you're an adult yeah and if you're both adults yeah like it's it's these are things that adults can decide to do together whether or not you decide to do with that person yeah that's entirely up to you but you're two adults that can decide to do so. Now, if you do want a relationship, I would suggest maybe coming up with some sort of like plan on, you know, maybe working towards a relationship if that's what you want and keeping that as a goal. 
Um, I think a lot of times you can start sort of seeing somebody and being sexual, but also work towards a relationship as well. So if that's something you want to, you might want to maybe consider how you're going to go about getting to that. What do you think? Would you say bring it up up front, maybe that you're looking for a relationship? I don't think you have to get into like, go ahead. I don't think you have to get into like pure details, but maybe just say, yeah, just, you know, like I would like to eventually have a a relationship or something like that, like Mm -hmm. state your intentions, but I don't think you have to be like, by date three, we need to have this or something like that. Like, right, right. I, I think sure. you can state your intentions and sort of let the person know. But mm-hmm. I, I also, I feel like, and this, this is a sort of a detriment of online dating where it tells you, oh, are you looking for casual dating or are you looking for a relationship? And really, I think for a lot of people, the reality sort of exists in between those things where mm-hmm. you're not looking for just a casual relationship. Or you're maybe not looking for entirely a relationship. You're sort of maybe looking for a little bit of both and depending on the given moment. So don't mm-hmm. feel like you have to give in to these sort of structured uh, ways of dating that these online dating sites have sort of conjured up because I, I know when I was younger, even before online dating, that was sort of just the thing. You just sort of went with the flow. And I think, these online dating apps and sites have sort of ruined that for people where they sort of take that flow process and they kind of mm-hmm. put it into chunks and they say, well, which chunk do you belong into? But again, right. reality is, is you're not going to fall into one of those sections. You're going to kind of weave and bob and sort of work towards your ultimate right. goal. So, And I can see their reasoning behind it because they want to make sure that people match up with, you know, people that are like them. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's all different kind of gray areas. Yeah. Um, so I, and I think Wesley, if you're wondering if, it, if you don't know if somebody you can or should do, then I wouldn't do it. Right. Uh, you're going to see on apps that there are going to be a variety of people. There are going to be people that want to do just hookups. There are going to be people who want long-term relationships. Yeah. So take a look at what you want. And like Kurt said, you can be on a spectrum and that spectrum can change based on who you go out with, your mood, I don't know, the time of year, whatever it is, you know, so I would say, if you don't feel comfortable with that, don't do it. Yeah. And alternatively, too, you know, it's good to have standards, too. You know, if you are flexible in terms of, like, maybe being sexual uh, on a first date and somebody comes and they go, well, you know, like, I'm seeing a bunch of other people. I'm just having fun. And that's just not your thing. You know, that's don't feel like you have to always be flexible either. Like, it's good to have standards, too. And I think it sort of takes a little bit of practice in terms of figuring out you know when to be flexible and when to be a little firm in what you're looking for and it doesn't quite happen for everybody overnight but i think just taking the time to sort of think like is this something that i can be flexible on is this something i should be firm on it takes a little bit of getting used to we take for granted that not that everyone you know should be able to do it but not everyone can and that's totally okay but uh something to keep in mind at the very least And, and don't expect someone to change their stance on something yeah. So that's another thing. Like, if, if this girl wants a first date hookup and you're like, I'm not into that, and you're hoping to change your mind, uh, keep in mind that, that that's not kind of the route you want to go on. You need to accept what people tell you is what they're looking for. Yeah. That you aren't going to be able to convince them otherwise. I mean, yeah, people change their minds as they're dating and stuff, but yeah. uh, don't go into it assuming that you can change somebody's stance. Yeah. Accept it at face value. Mm hmm. For sure. Okay. Uh, did you want to read the final question this week from sure. Emily? Emily says, I live with my boyfriend and we have gotten along quite well. Some hiccups, but nothing out of the realm of doability. We live in a large plot of land. My boyfriend's dad had a house in the property and we lived in the small rancher on the land. I'm assuming a rancher's like a ranch house? Like, well, it's like a, just basically like a one level house. Yeah. 
Okay, okay. So my boyfriend's father passed away, and when he did, it was decided that the house would be sold under the conditions that the ranch had to stay, or the rancher had to stay. So some people bought it and agreed to the terms of letting us stay. The nice thing is, legally, we don't have to pay rent or mortgage. It's ours to own. We have to pay into the property tax, but that's it. A nice setup. I was really enjoying this. The rancher works for us, and we got serious about wedding discussions. Then my boyfriend told me he can't live in the house. He says it's too reminded of his father and wants to move out. The thing is, we move out, we have to either buy a place or rent, and that gets much more expensive. I'd rather not. Is there any helping this? He's really stubborn about this. Uh, Emily, I, you don't mention how long uh, ago your boyfriend's dad passed away or whether you jointly own the house. Um, it, I, I'm assuming that you don't have a signed lease. Um, and it was just, I don't know, it was, it was like a handshake agreement or, um, well, no, it sounds like you did have a written agreement. Yeah, so I, like I guess it boils down to who owns the, you know, do you, do you contribute equally to this home? Mm. I, my first thought was, well, it might be the boyfriend's home because this is dad's land. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I, if you had a legally binding contract, like if you're married, I could see where it would be both of yours and that that would be a thing to talk about together. But it sounds kind of like he has the, like, kind of like the majority ownership. I mean, I, I guess you didn't, signed a deed paperwork or anything like that i mean it basically it depends on who who actually is the i mean i know it sounds like the person that bought the land owns it um so let me make sure if i'm right on that so this a really good rancher okay so the rancher had to stay so they okay so they agreed to let you stay so so nobody's name is on the house it sounds like that you are or, or if you have a lease are both your names on the lease um yeah and i can see why you know it it even if someone has passed away a while ago being in that same location can be really painful, especially if maybe every time that your boyfriend sees somebody leave the house, he immediately thinks of his dad and realizes it's not. I mean, that can be a real gut punch. Mm. So I could see why he would not want to live there. And and sometimes when you're grieving and that's so painful that it's not worth not paying rent. So it might be that he needs to talk to someone because, uh, you know, grief is just, really hard to do anyway um so i think it would just be helpful for him to talk to someone uh that is a separate thing from the house because i think everybody that goes through grief would be helpful if someone had someone to talk to uh, you know a neutral third party a mental health professional because grief is just rough especially i think when it's a parent um so i can see why he probably would want to move out um but i also see where you're like hey why are we doing this if this is a good deal uh so Again, I think it really depends on who has majority kind of quote unquote ownership uh, of the house. But I would say, you know, he he probably has a majority decision making because this was on his property. And who again, who is on if you have a lease, who is on the lease? Um, I know that's probably getting the semantics, but I think that would kind of help figure out what say each of you has. And if he's really stubborn about it, I mean, my piece already made up his mind and and that's it. And it might be time to go find another place. Now, what do you think? I think the simple solution is, is that you just rent out the rancher and use that income to pay off the mortgage payments on a new place. Now, okay, so that sounds like a good idea. I was trying to figure out, so, so you're saying they rent out the rancher. Yeah. And they use that money to save up for a mortgage or pay the mortgage on their place. Yeah, like okay. if you put that, save up for a down payment. I'm presuming that you want to own and not rent because most people, that's what they're aiming for. Well, here's the tricky part. Somebody else owns the rancher. No. And they're. No. 
Some people bought it and agreed to the terms of letting us stay. So the deal was, is that the condition was that if you buy the land, these people still can occupy the house. It doesn't mean that they own the house. Presumably, so the person that owns the land still owns the house. Presumably, if they're not paying into any rent, then because if they didn't own it, they would probably be paying rent. So I'm presumably they they own the rancher and it's basically just a part of the agreement that it's beyond the land. We do, we don't know legally, but I'm assuming that it's owned because presumably as long as it was paid off, as long as the mortgage was paid off on the original house with the father as the owner, then he can dictate legally whatever terms he wants when he sells the place. So if he says, Hey, you know, my son you know, is a, and I'm presuming that it's under the son's name, considering that it was the father that passed away and put these terms in. So, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm gonna just assume that that's the case. If he if he owns this place, yeah, presumably he could rent it out. And if you rent it, if your mortgage payments are something like, I don't know, three thousand a month or something, let's say as an example, and you're bringing in two thousand dollars or three thousand dollars in rent on that place that presumably covers most of if not all the cost of getting a new place uh so that would be a very easy and simple solution if possible to sort of resolve that where you know he doesn't have to live in the house where you know he's maybe reminded of his father but you're also not putting yourselves in a precarious position financially where now all of a sudden you have a sudden increase in your uh how, cost of living so i would look into that if that's an option if it is then yeah i mean pretty simple just you know do a little bit of saving and save up uh it sounds like since you're not having to pay any sort of rent or mortgage payments aside from property tax uh which also sort of tells me that he must own it because if he's paying into property tax typically you don't get charged property tax unless you actually own the place so that's why I also probably um, it, it also might be a difference by country and state too because I have seen arrangements like this where and I think this is just neither one of us is an attorney but um I have seen arrangements where someone buys the land but there's a stipulation that the occupants of the house can stay for x amount of time yeah given that they pay a certain amount of property tax but they are not obligated to pay rent or mortgage or whatever yeah so I think that's the confusing part yeah if if your boyfriend owns it he can do whatever he wants with the house um, if you don't own it, um, yeah, I like the idea if you do own it of renting it out and using that money to pay for the mortgage because then everybody wins, right? So, uh, but yeah, if you don't own it, then you got to figure out who has the majority stake in the house. And I would say probably your boyfriend does because it's his dad. And if you do you pay the property tax together or just, just your boyfriend pays the property, property tax to the owner or... Uh, but I mean, I can see, I would take him at his word that this is difficult for him to live in the house because he's too reminded of his dad. It's, it, and again, we don't know how, how long ago his dad died. It could have been six months ago, a year ago. Um, so, or even if it's five, 10 years, I mean, sometimes being around where you were closest to that person is like ripping the bandaid off every single day, you know, and ripping the scab off. So I, it's, it's one of those things that I think that he probably has majority decision-making in this. Uh, and also, would you want to live with him in a place that, yeah, you're not paying rent or mortgage, but he's being emotionally tortured every day by living there. Um, yeah, is that what you want for him? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's other solutions too. Like, you know, maybe therapy would obviously be another good one too. Like if you, if you I mean, can't. That's any grief, right? 
Yeah, because so, I was going to say, if you really do want to stay at this place and you can't really do something like rent this place out, then I would probably say, you know, because I, I, here's the thing. I think going out of your way to go in and, and spending more on your living costs, especially something like rent, which is going to be a pretty substantial intake in your living costs, can be quite a stress. So, I mean, obviously trying to resolve this issue as best you can while still staying in the house would be preferable. Um, so if you can't rent it out, I would say probably go for, go, try to get them to go for therapy. Uh, it may not go anywhere and you may still have to, you know, look for another place, but you could always try. Uh, it might be a good way to sort of help resolve that issue where you can still stay in the, in the, the rancher. Well, I say just go to therapy anyway, just because whenever you suffer a loss like that, it's huge. And it sounds like they were close. Well, Especially yeah, if they're but living I'm, on the same land too. I'm, okay. more, I'm more so saying like, if you're, you know, if he's saying I got to get out of this house and like they. Like, is know, he dealing with the issue? Yeah. Like. Get, you know if he's saying i gotta i gotta get out of this house and like she doesn't want to she's you know doesn't want this financial burden of increased living costs then you know yeah i would i would make it a priority to get him some help and realistically speaking like even if you do have to pay for therapy you know in the long run it's going to be a lot more of a financial uh benefit for you than going in and having to pay for a new place entirely so but i'll add too the therapy it, it doesn't mean that he's gonna be emily's it, even if he goes there he doesn't mean he's gonna want to stay in the house so that's not like that's not a, a panacea that's not gonna fix the issue but well, no, i think it, it might give him some more insight but uh, yeah i didn't i didn't mean like i didn't think that you were implying that at all mm -hmm. i just want to add that um but i there's yeah I, i'm thinking emily too if, if you had to pay on a mortgage would you want to stay in this place I mean, I didn't hear anything about that you like the house or you like that where it's located or, I mean, is that the whole thing? Um, because maybe that's it to him too. And he's like, you know what? The emotional stuff is not worth not having to pay rent. And maybe even sit down and look at your costs and, and maybe just having a kind of a reality check of, hey, if we move out, this is how much we're going to be paying in rent or paying and mortgage and seeing if you both can handle that with your income. I mean, that's a good thing to talk about. It's that's something that all couples need to talk about is finances and where you both come from that. And has he thought about how much money is going to be going out towards rent? Also like it's never a good idea in terms of leaving a place that I, cause I know he probably, he doesn't technically own this, but it sounds like it's very much not a rental situation and more of like a, you know, Grease in favor. Yeah, like I don't think it's quite renting, but because I think mm -hmm. he's he's set and he wouldn't have to worry about having to leave that rancher. But mm -hmm. leaving that situation for a rent situation is not ideal because you go from having something of substantial value that is solid, like you know, it sounds like legally speaking, and obviously you can always get a lawyer to confirm this. You're set, like you don't have to worry going from that to you have to now worry about your rent you have to worry about getting evicted you have to worry about a whole bunch of other stuff that now you you know have to worry about that you didn't have to worry about before that i mean that's not ideal um so yeah i mean i he may want to leave and that's always still a possibility but try to at least work what you can with this place because 
it's going to be a lot better off for everyone in the long run. And the only, I would say, yeah, if you can somehow go from that to buying a place that, you know, you also own, that would be also not too bad either, because at least then you, you know, still own the place. But I wouldn't go from this semi owning this place to renting. That's going to be a pretty big step down and that's going to, yeah, bring up some issues, I'm sure, like ultimately at the end of, uh, end of the day, so yeah i i think you guys just need to have a big talk about if your finances can handle that and maybe he just wants to know that he has a choice that he doesn't feel like he's stuck there yeah and that might be a part of it too and i think too like reading this this sounds like this is a, a symptom of his grief uh you know moving and, and out... people sometimes in grief you make rash decisions yeah because I, I i don't know if technically i don't know if like moving out is going to necessarily you know be a fix for his grief i don't think it's gonna help him get over it i think it may be a temporary reprieve for him but i don't know if it's necessarily going to address it long term so because you're still with yourself when you move out do you know what i mean yeah like you're still you still bring that grief, like with grief. so yeah you know he has to be in a place where he's gonna see the house that his dad lived in and that might be traumatizing for him but it's not like moving out is going to fix that. And yeah, you can go to therapy and all that, but you know, at what point it's like, well, is this just a, a symptom that, you know, we should be focusing on more of the core issue or do you address this sort of symptom and just also work on the core issue? It, it's sort of like, you know, I don't know. I, there's a lot of different ways you can go with this, but it, I, it also occurred to me that I wonder Emily, if he's trying to say that he doesn't want to be in the relationship anymore. Is that possible that that he's trying to kind of set up like a move out situation he's still going to stay in the house i mean that i that's a that's a stretch yeah that's that's but but the way that that the way that it happened i guess that was when i was looking through all the options i was wondering if maybe he wants to know how serious you are about the house i mean either way you guys need to sit down talk and really look at finances and figure out you know who's going to pay for what and if you can afford to live somewhere else I mean, if he really didn't want to be in the relationship, I would, I think that he would be at least a little more direct than that. Oh, one would hope. Yeah. All right. Well, lots to talk about that one, but hopefully it helps. Uh, all right, Steph, where can people find you on the internet? At stephaniestarkus.com. And we're going to be um, talking about James Bond movie next, which I, it's not going to be attached to this episode. But no. check out the James Bond episodes because we recorded. Uh, which one? What did we talk about? I can't remember the name Moon, of it. Is that Diamonds Are Forever? Moonraker. We, I, no, no, no. The first one. What was the first one? I think it was Diamonds Are Forever. I think it was really okay. Yeah. So, so we're gonna be talking about Moonraker, which is an interesting movie in itself. So, uh, yeah, you can check out that. And we've also did a narration of Clueless, so yeah. you can watch along with our non-director commentary. Yeah, uh, and I think it's and more the fun. Though. Book. Oh, go ahead. Hmm? I think our commentary is much more fun than the director's commentary. I think so too. Yeah, because we're just fun. I think so. Can't beat that. Nope. Cool. Uh, and then yeah, uh, I'm over at threeingerners.com, and uh, yeah, it's a fun time over there. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Until next okay. time, everyone. Bye, everybody. Bye for now.